freely in order to drown his sorrows after making a heavy loss. Pa would gamble on anything, from a toss of the die, a dog fight, or even two flies crawling up a window pane. When his luck was in, he would bring home his winnings, which would sometimes be enough to keep them in relative comfort for a whole year. But of course the money never lasted that long. Billy Angel could never allow a sure thing to pass him by. Money slipped through his fingers as fast as the waters of the River Thames flowed through London. A muffled moan from the bed and the groaning of rusty springs indicated that her mother was also awake and probably in pain from the chronic arthritis that gnawed at her joints, twisting her fingers and toes into gnarled lumps like the knotted branches of the plane tree. A sliver of anxiety shafted through Irene's stomach She hated to see her much-loved mother suffering from the debilitating illness. Ma had always been a tower of strength before she was laid so low. She had borne the trials that had beset the family with such courage and good humour that it seemed unfair she should be the one to suffer now. Irene wished with all her heart that there was something she could do that would relieve Ma of her pain. Are you all right? she whispered. Clara Angel raised herself with difficulty but she managed to smile. Just a bit stiff, ducks. Nothing to worry about. She glanced at the empty space in the bed and her lips trembled. I stayed awake half the night waiting for the sound of his key in the lock. But now I'm really worried. I hope he's all right. Irene scrambled to her feet. Of course he is, Ma, she said, forcing herself to sound cheerful. It ain't as if it's the first time Pa stayed out all night. He'll probably turn up any minute with a bad head and a pocket full of money. Then he'll be gasping for a cup of tea. I'll get the fire started, if you'll fetch water from the pump, Rainey. Clara swung her legs over the side of the bed, and her face contorted with pain. Silly old legs are playing up a bit this morning. There must be rain in the air. Take it slow, Ma. There's no need to rush. Irene reached for her stays and fastened them over her shift. She yanked at the laces, reducing her waist to a mere handspan, before slipping on her much-darned cotton blouse and Lindsay Woolsey skirt, which had also seen better days. Lastly, she thrust her bare feet into her ill-fitting second-hand boots, and she bent down to tie the laces. I'm off then. I'll call in at the dairy and get some fresh milk. Get a loaf too, love. There should be just enough money left in the tin. Your pa will be starving when he gets home. Clara slid off the bed and pushed her feet into an old pair of men's dancing slippers, the only form of footwear that would accommodate her deformed feet without causing her excruciating pain. Irene took the battered cocoa tin from the mantel shelf and tipped its contents into the palm of her hand. Tuppence was not going to go far, but it was all they had. Is there anything I can do for you before I go, Ma? I'm fine, ducks, Clara said, with a ghost of a smile. Just give me a minute to get me old bones moving. I'll be down in the shop before you get back from the bakery. Irene knew better than to argue or to appear oversympathetic. Ma might be as fragile as a Jenny Wren, but she was a proud woman, and not one to give in easily to infirmity. She snatched her shawl from its hook behind the door wrapping it around her shoulders as she descended the steep wooden staircase to the tiny shop below.
with its crudely plastered whitewashed walls and low ceiling. It was little larger than a cupboard. But the small income it provided had kept them from the workhouse when times were bad. The pungent smell of pickled onions and vinegar caught at the back of her throat, causing her to cough as she crossed the flagstone floor in two steps to take the milk jug from beneath the counter. She picked up a wooden pail and looped the handle over her arm before unlocking the shop door and stepping outside. The air was pleasantly cool, and the sun was just breaking through a bank of grey clouds. The sound of the rooks squabbling in the plane tree was louder than a schoolyard filled with noisy children. The flapping of their wings sent showers of dead leaves floating down to carpet the pavement in bronze and gold, like a hoard of pirates' treasure. In stark contrast, the cobbled street was strewn with mouldy straw, horse dung, and the occasional carcass of a dead rat.